and welcome to Sister Sage Herbs Roadside Herb Service. My name is Mark Fendel, and this is Jane Simmons. Hello. Jane is the owner of Sister Sage Herbs, a tiny natural remedies company located here in Seattle. And welcome to our tiny podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, The content here is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. And especially for this podcast, because we're going to be talking about Hawthorne today, and I'm so excited because I just love this tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, the Hawthorne can be found all over the world mm-hmm. and has been used for medicine for centuries. Um, and it's no wonder. Uh, that it's all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've talked about um, this wonderful tree a lot um, in the past, but um, I know you have a lot to share because you have hawthorns, uh, hawthorn trees growing on your farm, Jane. Around my farm. <laughs> <laughs> all, they're encircling my farm. And, um, you know, we, we um, harvested uh, hawthorn berries last, last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I assume that we're going to be doing that again here uh, yeah. pretty soon. Um, and so I'm kind of curious um, what you found out um, from last year after harvesting those berries. And, and, and if you're just um, listening to this podcast, we're, I'm going to actually upload several photos from last year um, mm-hmm. of the trees and of the berries Um, So you can see uh, up close, you know, what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what happened? Well, um, the hawthorn is just amazing this year. Um, One of the things I noticed is that I have a few different kinds of hawthorn around the farm. The farm itself is about six acres um, fenced in, and when we all got there about uh, 18 years ago, (laughs) there was one hawthorn tree in the middle that we noticed, and um, it's pretty huge. It already was huge, and it was full of berries, um, you know, the first year, and I was just like so excited looking at it and finding out about a hawthorn tree that was already there. Yeah. Um, and all the berry, all the birds ate them all. Well, I mean, all, all, before I could really get to that. Oh, really? Well, they're so high, you know, the, the old trees are so high, so I couldn't get to those anyway. Yeah. But then, you know, I just, I really didn't know what to do with it, so, but I was just kind of worshiping it. Hmm. Um, but, uh, since then, because we actually have aerial photos from a while ago of our farm, and there weren't that many hawthorns around, so pretty sure those birds uh, planted them around when that fertile land around the farm, marshland, and they're doing really well now. Um, so since then, we've found at least two pretty giant trees, almost as big as that one, or maybe even bigger that last that one that we saw at the end there last yeah. year, way in the back. Um, but uh, I've noticed that. There's three on my fence line, and two are not really ripening, and the other one is ripening really fast. Mm -hmm. So they, 
either they're slightly different. They do only have the one seed, I'm pretty sure. Um, but there are varieties of two seeds. Um, those are the ones you want to make necklaces into because mm. they're easier to split that seed with your needle. Mm. But um, and that's a fun craft thing to do with the with them. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of people do like cranberry garlands around their Christmas tree or whatever. You could be doing hawthorn. You know, you could dry those strings and then put them on the tree for decoration, but then take them back down and use them for tea. How about for Sukkot? Sure. Whatever. Yeah, put hawthorn. them around. Yeah. Hawthorn Sukkah. Yeah, why not? It'd be beautiful, these <laughs> red berry beads, you know, and then they're usable. You can put them in, take about five of them off the string, just plop them in. You oh, that's right. Tie, you could even tie a knot every five or ten um, berries, and then they'll dry like that. And then you can just cut the knot under the knot, and mm -hmm. the other berries will stay on the string, and these five or ten will right into your water. Right. Be cool. Make tea. We might have to do that this year. That's a wonderful project. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so I have been told by my elders, that the best time to take the hawthorn, uh, to harvest the hawthorn, rather, is after at least a small freeze, a little frost, so they turn a little more sweet. Um, they are uh, in the rose family, which is the apple family, and so they're, they're considered like baby tiny apples. Um, when you eat them, they're kind of bland, and uh, when they're fresh, they're kind of bland and mealy. Um, but when you dry them, um, it concentrates whatever the berry goodness is. And then you reconstitute them in um, like a tea or, or boil them, and the water turns really bright red, pink. So it's really, really neat. Um, and then basically the the old old folklore around like doctrine of signatures they call it is that you know if something is pink or red then it's probably good for your blood or your circulation which turns out it is actually very good for um, your heart it's a heart tonic mm -hmm. so um, again we're not suggesting anybody with serious heart disease just start munching on any well especially these. if you're on medication and if you're on medication However, um, it seems that it is one of those, uh, because it, it, I mean, that's why they call it a tonic, because most people can take it every single day. It's a hypotensive, hypotensive, so, um, you know, if you have that, if you have, well, I'm not even going to say what it is. But, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, it's also a diuretic, astringent. Um, the leaves are astringent. It's an antioxidant. Um, it's super tasty. Um, and um, it's cardio um, protective. So I also took a class last year at this conference. I'm sorry I can't remember the lady's name who gave the conference. I know she was from the Asheville area and she was really amazing. So. If I find out who that is, I yeah. will definitely put that in there. Um, but she was talking about how the heart, you know, the heart is its, you know, is a muscle, but it also has 
so much protective tissue around it that, um, you know, you can't really say it's just the heart that needs support. It's all the way around. And then, you know, if you really think about it, your heart is just the main part of your circuit. I don't even know if it's the main part, but it's part of your circulation, mm -hmm. your circulatory system. Mm -hmm. And as a friend of mine told me, he always used to go to these Chinese herbalists and they would give him a bag of herbs and he didn't know what it was. And he'd say, well, what's this for? And what's that for? And no doubt every single time the guy would say, circulation. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, if you're not circulating, you're not alive. You know, if your blood is not moving through you and um, reaching your extremities and then coming back. So, um the protective part around your heart is also very, very nice to strengthen. And, and so the tonic works on your whole system more than just, say, just your heart. But I guess it benefits your heart very well and helps it beat mm -hmm. um, steady. Um, I can't quote you any studies or anything like that, but um, I am looking at uh, a couple of different books. One is Herbal Medicine from the Heart of the Earth, which is Dr. Cheryl Marie Tilgner, and she is a naturopath and has run a uh, tincture uh, company before, and she published basically her recipes for a lot of different structures of the body. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the uh, main or one of the very uh, good books for naturopaths um, at Bastyr, they recommend this book. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends who's a doctor um, recommended this. Um, I'm also just referring to the Herbal Medicine Maker's Handbook, mm -hmm. a home manual by James Green. And he's just pared it down to the top 30 herbs that he would, he and a lot of people that he's interviewed would choose to have on some desert island and then of course the Maud Greaves book sure. of um, modern herbal mm -hmm. so um, yeah I know that um, kids really like this because mm -hmm. it's got a sweet taste um, there's some other folklore around um, grieving um, so more heart issue that isn't a structural, more a spiritual part of it. Um, uh, very nice. Uh, I, I definitely harvested some when I was grieving for a couple of different friends. Um, I'd go to this certain tree and you know, just kind of be there with the tree before harvesting. Mm -hmm. So that was very helpful for me. Um, and I've had several people who've had issues and they've just felt very uh, comfortable when they take the, that tincture. Um, I'm not sure what else I might have to say about that one. Um, yeah, I was, I was looking at um, a couple of books here too. Mm -hmm. um, Scott Cluse's book, of course, and just looking at the different ways that you can um, prepare this, of course... You know, you can just make the berry tea, mm -hmm. or you can make the leaf, the leaf and berry tea, um, and then um, and then uh, by tincture, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was just looking at the book as you were just finishing up there, and I was thinking about growing up in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know. Once and, you notice, you can't unnotice the tree. It's yeah. Great. And I was thinking about uh, how many. Uh, hawthorns are in Portland and then I was just looking at this book here and it says like all of these trees in this small wilderness were cut down really uh-huh but the birds oh well, you, yeah. the birds the have food. deposited the seeds you know so they just come back so they're coming yeah. back <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> anyway, can, it's just... they can live under a blackberry bramble and not be noticed until they pop out and then their roots are really deep so it's like oh whoa who's gonna mm-hmm. go to the middle of a blackberry bam- bramble to cut them back down again right but portland i thought you were gonna say there's hawthorne avenue there's oh, hawthorne, hawthorne district hawthorne bridge <laughs> there's hawthorne bridge <laughs> maybe it was originally made out of hawthorne trees <laughs> wood or something in Seattle, right. the whole U District, the university district, way up uh, north by That's where right. we used to live, 50th and above, uh, there's Hawthorns, huge Hawthorns lining the tree. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> lining the lane. And uh, in the, um, yeah, there's other places in Seattle that mm-hmm. have um, several different kinds, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of where. Yeah. I know our friend Eagle Song is the expert on Hawthorne. Oh, of course. Yeah. They can tell you so much more well, than you. <laughs> well, yeah, and she's been all over the world mm-hmm. uh, st- studying these trees. Um, yeah, there's just so much um, cool information on it. And there's, there's over a thousand different species. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, the one that we're talking about is um, the on-seed hawthorn. One Cret- seed. One I mean, seed sorry, one-seed hawthorn. <laughs> um, Cretaceous, Cretaceous. monogymna, which means one seed, probably. Mono. And they also call it the May Blossom, the May Pop. In, in, in England, they call it, um, you know, the May Blossom. And what Eagle Song told us is that the uh, Mayflower itself was possibly made out of Hawthorne, but definitely named after Hawthorne, because Mayflower is a Hawthorne flower. Oh, wow. Is that so cool? That is. You know, so we, we Europeans who got here on some ship might have gotten here uh, with the Hawthorne. Or at least in the spirit of the Hawthorne. And the other yeah. thing is it's a super strong... I mean, uh, it doesn't... It's kind of craggly, so I don't think it makes really good long wood, but it makes really uh, good small like buttons and things like that. Mm. And small um, toys and things are made out of that all over the place. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what I was reading here in the Maud Greaves. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then one more thing, um, just an anecdote um, from um, my employee, who's a dancer and a singer and um, musician, and she was going to a party, and we had just a little bit of uh, the Hawthorne, um, we made a Hawthorne tea, a really strong Hawthorne tea, 
just to see how it would be. And I just let her take it home. She could do whatever she was talking about, maybe making it into a, a, a honey or something. But she ended up at a friend's house, and they ended up making cocktails out of it. <laughs> or maybe it was a tincture. What? She ended up, they ended up making cocktails out of it. And they she put said, in it. well, it, if it was a tincture, they would have already had that. But they put it into like a, um, you know, a beverage. Uh, no, you know, um, used it as a mixer. She said she's never been as limber as she was. She just, that's what immediate ha- immediately happened to her. Mm. Now, again, she's a very healthy person, mm. in great shape. Mm. And, um, but she said that's what happened to her. Like, she just felt like she could just bend and move very, very fluidly, which was so, you know, it was very cool, you know. So, there you go. You never know what kind of experience you'll have. Um, so go ID yourself some hawthorn. The only other berry that kind of looks like it right now, but it doesn't form in the same way, is um, the mountain ash, which has more of a cluster. So these are, um, yeah, just slightly different. They're more of like uh, the humble, sort of like a, a group of um, berries, whereas these are... Somewhat more individually. Anyway, it's a lot more uh, pokey. It is pokey. The hawthorn and the ash is not. So find yourself a good plant ID book or ask a friend that might know hawthorn. Try some berries in a tea or something. Oh, Make yeah. A syrup. I mean, so just looking at books. Scott's book right here, I mean, he's talking about, you know, it calms the nervous system, reduces anxiety, agitation. I mean, anxiety, insomnia, I mean, all Neat. people who have problems focusing. Mm. And this is worth a worth a shot, especially because this tree grows all over the place. Yeah. So, for sure. it might be in your backyard. That's right. <laughs> And I do use this er, this tincture in my Peace and Love uh, tincture formula. And so I have a little bit of um, some of the berries from last year and the leaf and the flower all infusing right now. And I just wanted to take a peek of it, cause it at it because it's in a, a white, you know, bucket. So I wanted to like open it up and check it out. Hmm. And it is so pink. It's like orangey pink. Wow. Right now. I mean, it still has all the stuff in it. So when we squeeze it out, it should be pretty brilliant. So I'm excited to get um, going on this year's Hawthorne Berries, which we will use some of in this year and some of for next year. So this is one of the tinctures we have to kind of plan ahead so we can use the different parts of it through the year. It's pretty cool. And then for the peace and love, I add that the oats. And so it's also extra calming and nutritive for the uh, nervous system, hopefully. So with that, we'll take this call. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, (laughs) we'll be right there in five minutes with your order. Um, anyway, if you made it to the end of this podcast, folks, thank you so much. 
You are so awesome. And we'll be sure to bring you lots of great podcasts in the future. And feel free to head over to SisterSageHerbs.com for a lot more good stuff. Wishing you a beautiful day. Cheers.